Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Well, it is rainy, very hot, very humid here in New York City. In other words, a guaranteed bad hair day. But what I can also guarantee is that we have a fabulous show today, and that my producer, Lori Houston, is also fabulous. Hi, Lori. Hi, Jane. How are you? <laughs> These segues are, are, are very well thought of, I should tell mm-hmm. you. Well, just briefly, Lori, the great beauty expert here, last night in a rush, I mistook a tube of whitening toothpaste for moisturizer and slathered it all over my face. Oh, um, that must and have I was felt wondering, good. <laughs> oh, my God. I was wondering why it was so thick. But um, suffice it to say that my skin is no lighter today, but it still burns like hell. So that mm-hmm. is not a beauty tip that I will share. So please no one do that at home. But we do have two very beautiful, very accomplished women on the show today who would never make such a mistake, and they do have so much to share. They are Molly Sims, who you will meet in a moment, and after the break, Bellamy Young, whose angst we've all felt in her role as the wife of the President of the United States in ABC Scandal, but who in real life shares millions and millions of other people's angst, those with migraines. She will talk about what has helped her and how it will help them. So stay tuned for that. But first, as promised, I'd like you all to meet the amazing Molly Sims, who is renowned for her work as an actress, a model, an author, and humanitarian. She was on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition many, many times, just ask my husband, starred in ad campaigns from Chanel to Victoria's Secret. Her face was on the cover girl, Cosmetic Boxes. Her website, mollysims.com, is my personal favorite as it has the best and, more importantly, most achievable lifestyle advice and tried and true beauty, health, and fitness tips out there. Her recent book, The Everyday Supermodel, My Beauty fashion and wellness secrets made simple is a new york times bestseller she is a tv star a movie star and very giving of her time to organizations such as baby to baby and the ovarian cancer research fund and on a more personal note i saw her recently at my niece lauren's wedding and all i could say is that she is even more beautiful now than she was (laughs) when she was a supermodel and i looked at her up close and personal so there was no retoucher on site i can assure you so here she is the very beautiful the very talented molly sims hi molly hi guys hi how are you oh welcome to the show thank you so much for being with us today i have to tell you guys just a little tad secret that when i first first started um literally this was i was doing my first thing for mtv so this was like 15 i think 16 years ago now I had a, an issue with acne and an issue with, like, you know, just my face breaking out. And I'm actually in upstate New York as well, and there's an English way. Um, I had a really bad period, so I was so nervous flying from New York to L.A. We were doing this huge shoot for MTV for House of Style. It was my very first thing. And I decided to put toothpaste on my pimple that was <laughs> in my forehead. I not only left it on, but I left it on the entire flight and basically almost burned a hole in my skin, which for three days of shooting, it took like almost an hour to cover. But that is my story with trying to 
get rid of a pimple with toothpaste. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So toothpaste is not to be used on our faces, I take it. No, 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 no. I think it's <laughs> yeah, I think I would really steer clear. I think there are other holistic alternatives that might not burn holes in your skin. Okay, we're going to talk about those those in a minute. But, you know, um, Molly, am I right to say that your greatest accomplishment, as is mine, is being a super mom, and you have a son who's four and a little daughter? You know yes, she is 15 months. Her name is Scarlett, and Brooks just turned four, and it's so fun. I'm out actually in the Hamptons now with my best girlfriend who... Um, we graduated from college with, with her two kids. We, she has three. But it's so fun. It's so great to see them um, grow up and, and just do fun things with them. Yesterday we went blackberry and strawberry picking, and we just, you know, it's, it's so great to see them grow up. I have to say they're my biggest and best accomplishments. Right. As, as they were, I remember in my graduation from my son's uh, pre-K, and I was weeping. Absolutely weeping, my oldest son. Girl, and you the don't teeth- understand. He just did, he just finished his first year, and they oh were like, goodness. "He's not graduating." I was hysterical. It was really hysterical. And the teacher said, but, you know, he still has, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And then she went up. And you know what, Molly? Suddenly it was, you know, and in fact, my other son announced that as the wedding, how I was weeping. And suddenly, you know, they're married and off. So we have to enjoy every minute we are with them because it is it is very fleeting. And, and I'm sure it's, as you said, it has changed your life considerably in a very, very good way. Um, but know, Molly, it let's, has. It definitely has. Let's backtrack a little bit and and talk about how you got started. Um, you were telling us a little bit about your flight with the with the toothpaste, but I know you're from Murray, yeah. Kentucky, and um, I, I guess you didn't start out with supermodel looks. So how did you get from there to becoming the phenomenal success as a supermodel? I did. You know, I I I'm from Murray, Kentucky, which is a town of like eight thousand people. I started, um, I went to college, I went to, I graduated from high school, went to Vanderbilt University, I wanted to be a lawyer, I was always quite tall, Um, I was pretty much my height in eighth grade, Um, and while I was in college, people were like, oh, you should model, you should model, you're so tall, and I got an opportunity to go to New York, and then I took a semester off at college, and it's funny, I still have the letter saying, I just want to take one semester off. I feel like I could maybe make a little money in this job and see the world and have some amazing experiences. And literally that was 24 years ago. And I lived, ended up living in Europe for almost six years. I lived in London for two and Paris for four. And at the time to really make it as a model, you had to live there to get tear sheets to be able to work back in, in New York. But it was very difficult. You know, I grew up um, in the South where, you know, my mom never focused on my weight or never focused on, you know, she always focused on health as opposed to, you know, a scale. Um, but, you know, I will say I, it was very difficult in the beginning to look that way and to be that way. I was not a size two automatically. Um, I think for the most part, I, I was pretty healthy with doing it. Um, and I just, I learned to eat healthy. I learned about my metabolism. I learned to work out. I learned what I could and couldn't do. You know, it's kind of like an athlete. You become, because you're in front of the mirror or in front of people or in front of a photographer, 
you know, 360 degrees, you really, it becomes your focus. And it can be healthy or not healthy, but, you know, I had really good agents who I'm still with, um, Next Model Management, and, you know, and then I came back and I did J. Crew and I got Victoria's Secrets and I did Sports Illustrated and then I got CoverGirl for six years and then I started taking acting lessons and I finished a two-year class and I ended up auditioning for a little recurring role on NBC called Las Vegas and I was only supposed to be on like three episodes. And you were on for all five seasons. And, <laughs> and I was on for all five seasons <laughs> and then I finally woke up one day at four at, at 36 637 I was like I have got to find myself a man mama wants a family and so I took a couple of years off and I have two beautiful kids and an amazing husband but you know it was definitely a journey I I I know some girls talk about their modeling as like you know not beneficial it was so beneficial to me I wouldn't be who I am and where I am had I not had that experience of living in another country, many countries, learning another language, and really seeing the world and, and opening up my eyes. And I got so, you know, writing the book was such a great um, journey in terms of how I did it. Because like I said, I dealt with acne. I was, you know, I was not naturally thin. And it was... It was a journey, and I did it, and that's why I said in the book, you know, if you want something, you can do it. I'm not saying I'm going to turn you into a, a supermodel or anything like that, but I know these women who are like, who really get dig down and like, okay, I want to do that. I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to, I want to try to look a certain way. I want to try to dress a certain way. And because I worked with amazing makeup artists and hairdressers and stylists and so many amazing people. I have learned tricks and tips that really make a difference. I mean, if I tell you I was just in, in this little shop and trying on with my girlfriend these control top, like, Wolfer bank underwear, I'm like, I'm telling you, it will take, like, two inches off your waist. All the stylists are obsessed with them. And, you know, I still use all of that to, to this day, and I'm 43 years old. Yeah, but you look fantastic. Honestly, as I said, it was close up, and I looked at you, and I said, wow, she is gorgeous. I mean, you walked in a room, and people just stopped. You were that beautiful oh, at four, 43. So people at that wedding. I was, I was <laughs> you had just had the baby. So, I mean, you were, it's fabulous. But, Great. You know, I, listen, I love health and wellness. It's something that I think I was kind of forced into. I was forced into, but it's really good because now I'm – so, like, even having a baby, really, like, Mike, how, how can I make the environment better? How can, I, how can I make our bodies better? How can I feed my children better? Like, it's really made me conscious of my children and their environment and how they're growing up. And I, and I do, I love that. I love being able to, to work on that. You know, Molly, you mentioned um, the having imperfections, and I think, uh, which we all do, but I think the problem is that all of us, were bombarded with this current media ideal, and we always see these exceptionally beautiful women, um, and many of us, in reality, we really can't achieve that, and I think it does a lot for our self-confidence. It's not real. Just yeah. so you know, it's it's not real for them. I call it the Instagram happy life. It's just a try. It's a picture that's been filtered and photoshopped, and it's been you know, it's it's not. 
it's just not real. It's, I want that photoshopper. I want to, Molly, I want to walk around with a photoshopper just like in everyday <laughs> life. When I go outside, I want it with me. But it's, but it's what you said. It's really sad. It's sad for the people in the public because they also have to keep up the idea or somewhat this perfection of beauty that is unrealistic, A, even on your best day, or, you know, it's just, it's not real. Like, and that's where I, we have to be very careful, especially, especially with our young girls. And the messages that we're sending that to be a beautiful size perfect, you have to be a size two. It's just not, it's, it's, you just can't live up to it. I mean, I even today am like, oh my God, could I still model 20 years later? Could I still like, these girls have so much pressure on them. And now it's not just the girls who are doing this as a living. This is, these are the girls who are just going to school and being normal 10, 12, 13, 15-year-old girls, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So it's, we have to be, we just have to be careful with the sexuality and the sex of, you know, like the girls in these short, 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 shorts. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're not even 13, you know? Right. And they all have cell phones. They text. They're, uh, you know, they're like 22 when you, when you look crazy. at them. <laughs> it is, it is, it is, know, it is, it is pretty like, crazy. I, it is. And I try to like, you know, be real and, and, you know, but I also like, especially when after I have the baby, I'm always like, oh God, they're going to get a picture of me, you know, and then they're going to talk about it and then they're going to compare me to like whoever. And then like, I don't know if you wrote, I don't know if you read what Jennifer Aniston wrote yesterday at the Huffington Post, and it was such a wonderful, just a wonderful piece that she wrote about, you know, the pressure of whether she gained five pounds or not gained five pounds or whether she's going to be a mother or not going to be a mother. I saw that, yeah. But it, it was really interesting and really, like, you know, people forget just because you're in the eye of the public, and yes, we put ourselves out there, there's an enormous amount of pressure, enormous. Well, Molly, in answer to your question, yes, you can still model in case that was a question you wanted me to answer. <laughs> I will answer it Thank for you. Thank you so much. I feel so, so much better about myself. So there, so there. But also what I like about your book, The Everyday Supermodel, it's sort of a primer for entering, surviving, and thriving in middle age, which I think a lot of people don't realize that after 20, there is still life. And after 30, there's still life. After 40, 50, 60, you know, it, it's true. It's getting to be a younger and younger world. So uh, as far as feeling and looking and, and really feeling fantastic, you know, there's no reason to feel like your age if you're in your 60s and 70s, because it's, you know, you have so much out there to, to kind of get you in, a, in, in the best shape possible. Yes, so much. Like, I love, my mom is 78 years old, and girl, let me tell you something, she's reading all these, like, wellness blogs and trying all these different things, and, like, I swear she looks like she's 60, like, even now, like, I think 50, you know, is the new 60, and 60 is the new 70, I think, because women are starting earlier to take care of themselves, they're doing little things, like, I always tell women, you know, it's not the big things that you do, it's the sunscreen when you're 20. It's the washing your face and not, you know, not and getting, drinking a lot of water and not getting way heavy and then losing a lot of weight because that also, it's like the old Catherine Deneuve thing. It's either your ass or your face. You know what I mean? So it's like, not necessarily when you get older, do you actually need to be a size four or six? Sometimes it's better to have a little bit of weight on you. You actually look younger. 
But I right. love, like, I love, you know, finding new things and whether you want to call them tips or tricks or, or whatever. I'm never embarrassed to say, like, oh, this is what I do. And I think that's ultimately why I wrote the book, because I think people think, oh, that just comes naturally to her. Oh, she just looks like that. No, actually, I don't just look like that. I've done X, Y, and Z, and I continue to do A, B, and C. You know what I mean? Like, I worked out this morning at 5 a.m. Like, I am tired. I have two kids. I'm out here by myself, you know, but I still manage to come to get up and do it. We are going to talk... We are going to talk a, a little bit about on, on your website, which, again, I, I love because it, they're really tried and true. You make it personal. It's not just you're throwing, you know, the impersonal information at us. But, you know, just to backtrack just a little bit, you know, not everyone is a natural beauty, as you said, and we can all use some help, even uh, natural beauties. And there are a few non-invasive techniques such as cool sculpting that you talk about. Um, right. Uh, uh, it's, what does that do? Is that one of the newest treatments that kind of gets rid of some you know, of the... I, I went to my dermatologist about, well, books is four, so I would say about three years ago. I had gained a lot of weight. I had a thyroid issue, and I said, you know, I've done sit-ups. I, I, I can't get this extra weight off, a little bit of uh, the fat that's in my stomach. And she said, I said, well, is there anything I can do? I don't want to go under the knife. I don't want to you know do anything too invasive and she's like listen there's this new thing it's called freezing of the fat it's called cool sculpting and I said oh I don't know you know and she goes listen I'm telling you it, it's really easy to do and if it doesn't work it's not going to work but try it it's relatively you know compared to liposuction or, or different ones it's relatively pretty good in terms of money per area and so I tried it and I have to tell you it totally worked like there's if I had done 2,000 sit-ups a day, it would probably wouldn't have come off. But it freezes. It takes it kind of like a clamp. It's really, really cold. It's a little uncomfortable, but not really. You sit on it for 60 minutes. They massage it. You go home, and about you'll notice like four to six weeks later, the area becoming like, I was like, oh, my God, it works. And, like, I didn't say it to anybody, and then we were talking about what we've done and all this for the book, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to write about it. And I cannot tell you how many women in the past six months have told me that they have done it and absolutely loved it. I mean, I had a wonderful experience. Now you can do the muffin top, you can do the inner and outer thighs, you can do the chin, um, you can do uh, stomach, you know, the different parts of the stomach that... All the pro- you know, in other words, all the problem areas can be addressed. Well, Molly, I must tell right, you, if there's, the problem a, areas. if there's no one at the other end of the microphone right now, you'll know I've just run out and had some cold sculpt because there are a couple areas that I could, um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a couple areas well, that I'm, I'm thinking name, of. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name the names, but many even celebrities have called me and they're like, okay, tell me, did you really do it? I was like, yes, I wouldn't have written about it in a book, but that's why I say that your website is so great because you talk about it. I mean, you, you mentioned things like that and, and it helps because, you know, women love to hear that. And so um, why don't we, because I know in your, in your website, mollysims.com, you cover all aspects of your health and entertaining and fashion, beauty, health, wellness, parenting. I mean, you, you cover it all and then some. So um, why don't we, if we could, um, we have about five minutes left, um, talk about some of the the personal tips of starting uh, with beauty, let's say. What are some of the tips that you recommend? You know, I 
I think with beauty, especially as you get older, you have to watch the highlight. You have to watch the shimmer. If not, you end up looking like a disco ball on your face. And as much as you want to be dewy and, you know, you also want to have a little bit of coverage. So I always say to women, watch the shimmer. It's great that a 15-year-old can do it and a 20-year-old can do it. But as you get older, leave the shimmer to, like, the top of the cheekbones, a little bit above the cupid a little bit of on the brow bone, but keep that to a little bit of a, a, a you know, of not so much. Um, I would always, always mix some type of a tinted moisturizer with a foundation, so something light and something a little heavier, depending on how much coverage you need. Um, I'm a big believer in sunscreen. I suffer from melasma for my pregnancies, so I always either have a hat or sunscreen on. Um powder i think you know it's okay people are like oh you know powder it's okay to powder just don't have a face full of powder it will definitely definitely age you um you know with blue eyes like my mom has bright blue eyes like the plum color on her makes her eyes look beautiful the browns when you have brown eyes you can really go um a little more dark and makes them sexier with green eyes like mine I can go for a little plum it really makes the green come out um you know I think mascara is one of the most important in curling your lashes it can really open the face and I always do a little trick I do a little bit of white inside the eye just at the bottom of the eyelid and it really opens up the eye now if you're going for a sexy dark look at night you don't have to but that little trick alone can really open up the eye And for me, I love a cream cream blush, and I go all the way across my nose, almost like I'm trying to look like I'm sun-kissed. But watch the contouring, watch the bronzing, and if you do, don't go too heavy with the bronzing. Like, don't go too dark, because what you don't want to do is see it. But in terms of beauty, I think sunscreen, I think water, I think hats, I think moisturizer, and it really depends on your skin. So is your skin dry? Is it is it um, combination, like, you know, vitamin C is really good and really taking care, like, you know, do you need to do, like, a little more of a dermatologist strength in terms of, like, a hyaluronic acid or, you know, kind of, like, just check in. And you you really can get a regime, a regime like, once a year, like, really, okay, this is what I'm going to do and be consistent. Now, Molly, what, what, sun, what sunblock do you recommend? Do you, is there one in particular that the ingredients you, you like? You no, know, I'll tell you what's good in terms of, like, I love Tata Harper. That's more of a natural line. Um, a not as natural as Super Goop. And then there's this other one. A lot of people are loving Super Goop at the moment. Um, but another one is, I think it's called Tazia. Tazio, Tazia, Tazio, something like that. Um, and it's, it's really good because they've got like a tint to it. So it doesn't look like you're applying like, um, kabuki you know, makeup. <laughs> you look yeah, like a exactly. geisha. <laughs> but I'm telling you these powder sunscreens that you really don't see are great. Right. No, it's true. I keep you're one in my protected. purse all the time. Yeah. Now, as as you will find out, because your kids will eventually, tears aside, will be starting 
you know, school. And you'll find that they will be serving fried bologna balls. And you will basically not have too much of an opportunity to say, please give my children only organic. Maybe in L.A. where you are, they, they're a little bit more, uh, you know, here in New York City. That's no, you would be surprised. It's, it depends. You would think that at this point with as much money and as much, you know, how do I say this? With as much knowledge that we're learning about the importance of being organic and, and you know, no GMOs, that you're still going to have the fried mozzarella bites, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it's un- unfortunately that that's what they do. So just briefly, what are your diet um, secrets? You know, right now I'm getting in shape. Like, so I just had quinoa with avocado and two poached eggs. Um I do a lot of protein. I, I, I try to, I do not go completely gluten free, even though I don't have a lot of gluten. Um, just because it really irritates my stomach. I was having some stomach problems and they got, and the gastrologist was like, I think you need to like check into your dairy or your gluten. Um, a lot of vegetables. Um, I get my carbs from my vegetables or from my rice. Um, a lot of protein. Um, I do think the eat, your blood type does work because I know what I crave and what I don't crave, but I also listen to my body. And I think that's the biggest thing that keeps me from binging and it keeps me, you know, don't, you cannot restrict yourself. Like if you, you, if you automatically put yourself on a diet, you will automatically carry something. It's just, it's a mindset. And if you get off it, you know, you don't weigh yourself every day. Take a pair of jeans or a pair of pants that you want to get into and try them on once a week. I am a firm believer in not a scale because I used to be obsessed with it because the scale will go up two pounds, will go down four pounds, will go up five pounds, but your genes really don't lie. And I, I just think you can't take away everything. These people who do these really drastic diets end up putting so much more weight on because they're starving themselves and you can't do it. You know, some people can eat six small meals a day. For me, that makes me absolutely starving. It's like I want more and I want more. To me, I have to, you know, watch my portion and eat three meals a day. Um, but I guess my biggest advice to people is you know what's bad for you. You know. It's just, and if you fall off, get back on, you know, like get back on. But try not to call yourself on a diet. Right, it's a lifestyle basically, because as you said, diet denotes let's let's go off of it on day three, eat everything in the house, and gain back the half ounce you lost plus ten pounds right. more. Well, so I we don't go. I eighty six pounds when I was between eighty three and eighty six pounds when I had Brooks because my thyroid had stopped working. I didn't realize it, but I had gained it, so I still had to lose it. But I didn't look at. I started with twenty pounds, then I did another twenty, then I did another fifteen, then I did five. You have to have slowly. If you need to lose a hundred pounds, you can't say I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. Like right. Yeah, I mean, if it's it's one pound a week, one pound a week is still four pounds a month, and that adds it adds up, and it it's true. And and conversely, if you gain one pound, that's that also adds up. So, so Molly, you are not only a super mother, supermodel, but you are super sweet. So thank oh, you <laughs> so much You're for so being welcome. with You're us. So easy to talk to. Tell our listeners where they can find you. MollySims.com, is that the best place? So, yeah, MollySims.com. We have another book coming out next October. 
Um, and we're starting a new YouTube channel that's based on the website. It's all about lifestyle, beauty, fitness, health, um, and being a super mama. And that will start at the end of this month. Well, thank you again for being with us. You'll have to come back because there's so much that we we haven't even we haven't even broken the surface so awesome. of, of what we of what we of what we can talk about. So thank you again. Stay with us, everyone. All when right. we come thank back, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Molly. Stay with us, everyone. When we come back, we'll be talking to Bellamy Young, actress and singer, and she'll tell us all about a health issue that she shares. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. We'll be right back. As listeners of our iHeartRadio talk show know. Jane Wilkins-Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes, along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts, many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com where it's available for delivery or as an ebook, Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, back to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins-Michael and Better Than Before. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins-Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm here with Lori, as always. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce you all to acclaimed actress, Bellamy Young. You have all seen her in her current award-winning role as TV's favorite first lady, Melly Grant, on ABC Scandal. But apart from that, her acting resume is so extensive that if I named every TV show, theater production, and movie she has been in, it would be basically the entire segment. But what people may not know is that Bellamy is a trained singer with her own album and a philanthropist, as she is the national spokesperson for the Humane Society of the United States campaign. And she is also very, very smart, having graduated from Yale University with dual degrees in English and theater studies. She also holds a certificate from Oxford University in England. And I have seen her on Jeopardy, everyone. She was the champion that day. And that is not easy. I watched. I didn't even get one question right. <laughs> Welcome, Bellamy. We're so <laughs> delighted you're here with us. That's Jane, not easy. Stars. What an introduction. I am humbled and honored. It's, it's wonderful to be here with you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my goodness. That's a hard show. They ask hard questions. That's not, you know. That's, that's... It was terrifying. I, I'm in a complete, I, I browned out. I can't remember any of it, and I've still never watched it. It was a terrifying half hour, but I'm so proud, and it was, it was a thrill because I got to do it for a uh, an organization called Operation Blankets of Love that was a very grassroots uh, husband and wife team started it here in Southern California, really just bringing comfort items to our underfunded shelters, which had such an incredible impact to making uh, the animals uh, perceived to be so much more adoptable because they were happy. They were happy, you know? they felt wonderful. A little love and kindness. 
wonderful, and wonderful out, organization. And that $50,000 went a long way for them. Very much so. And they picked the right person to play, obviously. The hey, winner. Yeah. <laughs> now, Bellamy, before we talk about your personal battle with migraines that you've had since childhood, and they're probably triggered uh, by the stress of your hectic schedule that we just talked about, let's go back a little bit to that childhood. I read you were born in Asheville, right, which is in the mountains yes, of North Carolina. How did you get from there? You can just um, give us the highlights because it's probably a, a, quite a journey um, to where you are now. I had heard that you started as Gretel in the Sound of Music. <laughs> I did. That's true. When I was five at the Parkway Playhouse up in Burnsville, North Carolina, in Yancey County, where my dad grew up. Um, and I did summer stock and, um, you know, sang in the church choir and tap danced and did whatever my mom could find as an outlet, pageants, you know, whatever she could find in North Carolina to um, allow me to sing and dance, which is what I loved so dear. And uh, eventually, sweet, kind Yale University let me in, and I went there because I thought I was going to be a physics major, and I knew that I could also sing in a cappella groups undergraduate. So um, I thought it would be the perfect blend, you know, of academia and arts. I flamed out as a physics major, but continued on in English and theater, and out of school got my first national tour, um, uh, the Broadway national tour of Meet Me in St. Louis. And from there, I went to New York and did theater and Broadway and regional and all of that for 10 years before coming out to Los Angeles and starting the film and TV world. I was already an old lady in L.A. I was already 30 when I came out, so it was uh, a bit of a transition, but it's been wonderful. Now, you know somebody mentioned academia. I still remember you played a med and law student on ER. I remember that. Yes. Oh, Jane, that's so nice. I, I, I have to say... So many things you look back on and maybe cringe a little <laughs> or have forgotten. And, but I, I, that was when Laura Ennis directed that episode, and her direction was so incredible and inspiring. I wound up being really proud of that episode. So thanks for bringing that up. That was really nice. Let's show, I'll tell you something. I mean, that the, the Shonda Rhimes show, is there anything that Shonda Rhimes can't do as far as the show? I mean, my goodness, she has blanketed the uh, ABC. I feel like we are, yeah, we are lucky to be working with the once-in-a-generation voice. She has an unerring sense of story and is an incredible boss. You know, it has not been that often that I've gotten to work um, for a woman, and it's a, a quantitatively different experience uh, not to, you know, nothing's... You know, I'm not trying to be pejorative in any way, but it's very, very different. And Shondaland is an incredible, inspiring place to work and place to be. I love it. Now, you're also working on a movie with Kerry Washington, right? Night Stalker. Is that? Oh, Kerry was not. It was not in Night Stalker. It was me and Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, I thought. And the Megan Griffiths was our director. Kerry did confirmation this that in that same slot last summer when we did Night Stalker. And our Night Stalker just premiered in, um, it premiered in Seattle and then had a Lifetime bought us. And so we just started airing in June on Lifetime. It was about Richard Ramirez that plagued Southern California in the 80s and a little bit of North California in the mid-80s. That's good. So you stay very, very, obviously you have to stay 
and and shape for all this. You know, that's what I love about radio. You never even have to do your hair, but you know, you're in front of, and you can wear your bunny slippers with an eye missing, and no one will say, hmm. So, but you're obviously in front of the cameras all the time. So, what are some of your secrets for looking so fabulous as you do? Oh, you're kind. Well, first of all, no one's doing it alone. I always, I always think that's so important to hear because. As women, sometimes we, we put an unnatural pressure on ourselves to be what we see on TV or in magazines. And what's happened in those images has had so many talented hands judging it along that it's uh, uh, unreal at that point, right? But I have always felt like uh, health starts inside. So what works best for me is... Um, our mind-body experiences, so yoga or hiking or meditation, uh, I, I find that much, that, that nourishes me in ways that things that I perceive to be um, uh, sort of when you're at odds with yourself, you know, when you're uh, like, I don't do well, let's say, at spinning when someone's yelling at me. <laughs> like that makes me very nervous and sort of divides my heart and my body. And I don't flourish there. I really, uh, I am really much more nourished by uh, things that bring me together and sort of relate me to the universe in a bigger way. Well, unfortunately, spinning here in New York, in New York, everyone's like an A-type. So spinning is is, um, a great way to sort of release that that (laughs) A-type pressure. And I think that's, I'm not, I'm not inherently, uh, I think you have to be an inherently competitive person, maybe. And I'm not at all that. So I'm much more, um, more about the union than the division. Oh, for sure. Amazing. And girl, I know how good you look after you spin. So I support you completely. Oh, no, 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 no. It's brutal. It's brutal. And in fact, I was with, I went to spin class with my kids and I thought, you know what, I'm going to show them. And I hadn't, I didn't have it on anything. I had like zero that there was absolutely no resistance. And then that the instructor came around and she turned it up you know it's like why are you doing this I was doing so well and then I had you know suddenly I lost and then on top of it my my foot got stuck you know they give you these special shoes and my foot got stuck in in the bicycle pedal (laughs) they had to come release me so it didn't it didn't work very well so now spinning is not one of my my favorites trust trust me on this one so but you know it used to be that I also never really learned to ride a bicycle so I think that's another reason I'm not I had to I only learned to ride a bicycle when I got the um, I got a, re- a recurring job on Criminal Minds, and it was as a triathlete, which is ridiculous because I'm not that athletic. And uh, and Hotch's girlfriend, and they are all huge cyclists, and they were so excited about having that on the show. And so they got me a trainer who didn't just have to teach me to sort of ride a bicycle, but he had to teach me all of that to clip in and to, you know the leaning over by and just look like I knew what I was doing and I we did it and we got the scene and everything but I got so nervous on the day sort of just psyching myself up I'm always like you know people do this every day you can do this you know and just kind of talking to myself in my brain and I I guess I was grinding my jaw a little and <laughs> chipped my top tooth with my bottom oh no <laughs> so if you if anybody is a criminal minds fan out there and you watch that first episode where Beth appears is was introduced um, we filmed it out of order, so we shot the cycling scene at the end first, and then we shot the jogging scene at the beginning, and in the jogging scene, I have a little chip tooth. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I bet you'd be really, I, I bet, 
you'd be really great at spin. You're what they call a ringer. You know, oh, no, no, I can't do it. And you get up yeah. there and you beat everybody, absolutely everybody. You know, in, fly, no. in Flywheel, they have your score. That's why I'd never go to a place like that. You know, SoulCycle is a little more soulful, sort of. But Flywheel, they you sort of compete against it. And I would never, I bet your score, you'd beat everyone in the whole place. And you know, it'd be oh, like Jeopardy on right. a, a bicycle. <laughs> I'd be happy to just let everybody in the lane in front of me. (laughs) So, you know, let's, um, first of all, let me just ask you about one thing, because, you know, in New York City, you don't, now they're getting fresher and fresher um, produce. And of course, we have Whole Foods like in every other block. But um, it always used to be easier in L.A. to get fresher food because you can go outside and pick the avocados and pick the oranges and it's a lot better. Uh, and we couldn't really get that in New York. Now it's for, and, and no one did yoga or meditation. Now, of course, it's everybody is really trying to do it. Um, but is it easier to live out there if you're health conscious, would you say, comparing it to a place like New York or any other big cities? You know, it's so interesting. I moved out here in 2000. I've been vegan since 88. And I really had the expectation that I would move to L.A. and it would all be so easy. But oddly, in terms of finding beautiful food. I did better in New York those first few years, um, especially eating out, than I did in Los Angeles. Los Angeles has come a long way since I've lived here, and certainly, you know, our farmer's markets, and just when I go outside, like you say, my neighbor has an avocado tree, and I have my own lemons, and, and figs, and kumquats, and so it's delightful. I mean, there's nothing like pulling your own lemon off your own tree. It's just Everybody out there who grows their food knows that simple joy. And I was raised, my grandparents were farmers, so we always had my grandpa's corn, and, you know, my other grandpa grew grew beautiful tomatoes, and we'd always can everything, so we had it all through the, you know, winter months. So that's deep in my mountain heart. But uh, L.A. is different because we uh, have a beautiful summer day, you know, 300 days a year or more. So you're, you spend a lot more time hiking and just being, like, living a healthier lifestyle. It's We don't have, we aren't knocked in by winter for all those months and, you know, have to be inside staring at each other. So it's good in that re, in that respect. But I feel, I feel like now it's pretty even with it food, is even, um, don't you feel like? Well, yeah, it, it, it I is. I don't spend a lot of I don't spend a lot of time in LA, but I must say I grew a cherry tomato on my terrace, and that was my big um, that was my big accomplishment to the world of horticulture. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. I, mean, I love I don't it. Think did anybody... you do the upside down tomatoes, or did you do the right side up tomatoes? No, just something grew. I don't know. I didn't even know it was a tomato plant, and it grew. And I thought, <laughs> wow, what is this thing? And it was a tomato. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> But I also had a pigeon egg on my terrace. You know, you get everything in New York that hatched, and it was a little bit scary. So, you know, you get a little bit. It's a a little bit of a um, melange of things. It's a little real, sure, sure. uh, But, Bellamy, let's let's switch gears here for a moment and talk about something else that is very important to you, and that is to bring awareness to the impact that migraine headaches have had on your life and you know they continue to have on 36 million americans who suffer from them and that's not a very small amount and you know i think um myself included many people are dramatic when they have a simple headache you know it's like oh my god it's a migraine you know it's a migraine but um but migraines uh, tend for people I know have them. They tend to have a life of their own, and in fact, they're very, very debilitating, and and they can basically take over your life. Um, and if you don't currently have one, I've heard you're always kind of waiting for the next one uh, to hit. So, let's talk about migraines with you. When did they start, and how do they manifest? 
It started for me very early, like in preteen years, and as I was sort of hitting puberty, you know, they, they sort of came, for me, they came on with my own hormone surges. Um, and they, once you are in a migraine cycle and aware of it, because for so many years, um, because no one talks about it, I didn't know what was happening, you know, especially as a teenager. I just knew how bad I felt. And my mother had always had terrible cramps, so I sort of thought maybe... It was associated with, I, could, I just couldn't piece it out and parse it out. And uh, it took me many years to realize, oh, I'm having migraines. And at that point, when you get a little more educated and you have had been through these cycles many times, you know that if one comes on, you're going to lose a day. You know, mine start in my left eye, just a searing, searing, searing pain. And then my field of vision starts to narrow down, like I have little horse blinders on, and then it goes to a pin spot. And my my sense of smell gets very sensitive, and I literally just have to go in a dark room and go to sleep. I sort of have to you short circuit yourself, and then you, you reboot, and it can take the rest of the day. So for many years, I was at their mercy and tried anything I could uh, to remedy, you know, anything I read about homeschool remedies or any kind of um, over-the-counter or I tried acupuncture that did give me some relief uh, short term Uh, but it took me growing up a little more having more conversations with both my friends and my doctors and I finally am in a place Treximet I partner with Treximet because I finally found a drug that works for me and I can't I just want people to know that there's freedom on the other side of it for all the days that you know, I would not make plans or I would be somewhere and be constantly worried that I was going to get a migraine because I ate a piece of chocolate or drink some red wine because you come to know your triggers. Or maybe I had not hydrated enough that day or was really, you know, overstressed or under-rested. Uh, uh, now I feel like I have my life back and I, I really want to encourage everyone. Certainly reliefwithinreach.com is a resource that Treximat has on the Internet for anyone who wants to know more about symptoms and resources. But the best thing, because everybody's body is different, is to have a conversation with your doctor and see if, if, like me, you can find a little freedom. And in the meantime, take good, loving care of yourself. Learn to meditate, always hydrate, know your triggers, and be gentle with those in those areas. And just remember that... Your health is the most important thing. You know, it's, we have this one life, and we only have us really to take care of. I know we like to think that we have a lot of people to take care of and that we're in charge of a lot of things, but that's often not the reality. Uh, well, true, very true. And if you don't take care right. of yourself, you're useless to take care of anyone else. Exactly. So loving yourself is so important, and... And we, we like to put ourselves last so often, but talking to your doctor and getting free of this migraine chain is possible, and, and you deserve it. Now, do you think, are they genetic, too, or is it something you just get from, I mean, you is know, it... I have seen different science on that, so I am not, I won't be the expert on that, and I'm not sure they've answered that question, honestly, because I've seen conflicting things. Right. Yeah, because again, we all get headaches from stress, but I think when they get to the point of a migraine and they really completely take over your life, then you have to do something about it. Otherwise, you lose, as you say, you lose days at a time. And most people don't know that there is help 
there. And, and as you said, Bellamy, you have to work with it. You know, you have to make sure your diet is good and you have to make sure that you're exercising and meditating and, and any of those stress relievers. And you find that meditation helps your stress because you're pretty hectic. I would think doing television is so hectic. I, I can't even imagine what it is like to be in front of the cameras and to constantly have to look a certain way and to be on and to remember your lines. I mean, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. And you like have to remember, <laughs> remember like whole, whole scripts. <laughs> so it's, it's got to be You know, most actors nowadays, we have very healthy frontal lobes and maybe the back is, you know, a little lagging. We have a short-term memory. But it is, it can be stressful. And I just think, but but everybody has stress, you know. I mean, we don't have, I don't have to operate on someone's brain. I don't have to stand in front of the Supreme Court and make a decision. I don't have to, you know, I don't have an infant. There are many, many ways to be stressed in this world. And it's just the most important thing is just tuning back into ourselves every now and again because our body will send us messages. And it will send little messages, and then you'll say, oh, you know, Oh, that ankle feels weird. Let me just be easy on that today. Or it'll send us big messages like, you know, I, wow, I have been eating badly for the last year and now I can't walk up a hill. So, you know, we just have to hopefully hear the messages earlier rather than later. And for me, um, meditation has been transformative. I meditate every night before bed. I don't like to take, I do a lot of work in my dreams, so I don't like to take the day into my dreams. I like to be sort of accessing or open to access a grander knowledge. Um, so I like to get clear of things before I enter my, my sort of sleep time. And it's just been a revelation and a revolution, and it's been so helpful to me. Are you a meditator, Jean? Um, I'm a meditator until I start, and then I think of all the things that I either haven't done. Did I leave something in the oven, or did I forget to pick up a child at after school? I mean, there's always something that went through my mind. As soon as I start, I'm fine. I don't think about it. As soon as I say, okay, now I'm going to meditate. And actually, we had Malika Chopra on the show um, a, a little while ago, and she said, you know, even I can't sometimes meditate. And I said, well, if she can't meditate, you know, where's that? Where's that uh, no, I was going to say, that's just being a human. But, yeah. Okay. But how do you, I mean, if you do want to meditate in in any way, what are some of the tips for starting? Well, there are so many different uh, disciplines and, and, you know, everybody will be drawn to the one that they're drawn to. Mine over the years has just gotten very, very simple. I sit, I sit lotus, but you sit however you're comfortable. I um, inhale and exhale on three different words, one at a time. Uh, I do love and thank you, and yes, just trying to sort of get my vibration a little higher and, you know, um, clearer. And then I just, for me, uh, not just try to quiet my mind, because I feel when I'm in an adversarial place with my mind, it's not helpful. So I just try to send a little love up there. I know it's going to be active, and I just sort of try to get a little distance on it. But for me, it's I try to get space between my atoms. And I know that sounds crazy, but I really do. I try and feel just a little space between my atoms, and then they melt away a little more, and then they melt away a little more, and then I like then have the experience of being one with all. And then I just sort of try and stay there as long as I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm so relaxed now. I feel like I, I can't continue <laughs> 
<laughs> thank goodness we're almost at the end. Thank goodness we're almost at the end of the show because I'm going to start meditating on love. Thank you. And yes, that will be. I love it. I love it. Mantra. I actually went to the Maharishi Mashyogi. The there they have a retreat, wow. and one of the it wasn't the Maharishi himself. That's a whole different show, a whole different story. But they had given me a mantra, and it sounded like herring, which I was kind of hungry because I wasn't really crazy about the food. And I'm thinking, how can I do this? Because every time I said herring, I was like it was wrong. And they go, no, 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 you can't share. You can't tell your mantra. But thank you for saying um, that. What I should do now? Now I'm going to try with your um, three. Uh, so I your will, heart will tell you what it wants to do. Yeah. You know, everybody's heart wants to be held in a different way. So, you know, you'll find the right way, too. You'll find I, your way. No way is right. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, Jeopardy question. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for bringing hope to folks. And, you know, it's, it's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Jeopardy thank you. question. Who is the sweetest, nicest actress out there? And the answer. Tell me on. Where can we find yeah, where can cute. we find you? Where where can you direct our our listeners? Oh, I'm on Twitter, Bellamy Young. I'm on Instagram at Bellamy Young. Um, iTunes, my album's on iTunes called Far Away So Close. And we'll come back scandal. We won't be back until January this year, which is strange to all of us. Um, but we're only doing 16 episodes, and our beautiful Carrie is going to bring a human into the world. So all for good reason. And uh, and in the fall, I'm going to do a beautiful movie with Ed Burns called All Together about the 64 Tokyo Olympics rowing team, which is going to be, I'm very, very excited about. So you'll find me. I will find you, and you will come back, and you will tell us about all that. And I will tell you about my meditation experience. So thank you. I can't wait to hear it, Jane. <laughs> thank, thank, it. You, thank you for sharing. And send a lemon my way, please. That's a good uh, detoxifier. Put a little in some water and, and, and I'll drink it. Um, well, everyone, that's our show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Molly Sims. Thank you, Bellamy Young. And thank you, Laurie, as always. I love you. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.